2: Ooit heeft niemand beweerd dat je door intimiteit en seks een hele mens wordt of kunt worden. Eigenlijk ben ik wel nieuwsgierig naar wie ik zou zijn als dat stukje in mijn leven wel zou kloppen. Zoiets heeft dan een, bijvoorbeeld een cup en dan een, een randje eronder langs. Ik heb ineens een, een vrouwenlijf, zeg maar. Juist. Of Het of... is echt belachelijk, maar dat had ik niet gedacht. Er is genoeg nog te ontdekken, neef. Zodra je dus dan een uh,
1: relatie hebt, kunnen jullie oh, samen jeetje. gaan schommelen.
2: Een oh, uh, swing. Het is wel leuk. Het is wel echt grappig. <lacht> ja, en uh, waar vind je nou die vent Die vind je. De... Ik weet het dus echt niet. Ik weet niet hoe ik uh, hoe ik mezelf er wel mag laten. Moet laten dat, ik, dat ik er van mezelf mag zijn. Nou, uh, ik weet niet of iemand wel op mij zit te wachten. Hallo. Ik wilde even weten of jullie ook misschien iets voor mij kunnen... Betekenen. Wij organiseren eigenlijk voornamelijk intiem contact voor mensen met een beperking. Thomas is gewoon eigenlijk een Ja. Hij heeft trouwens ook een goed lijf. <lacht> oh. Moet je dan niet eerst van jezelf kunnen genieten om een ander van je lijf te laten genieten? mag. je mag toch genieten? Nog
0: tien! Ik Ja. <lacht> ja. <lacht> <lacht> oh, nee.
1: folks welcome to a special episode of the projection booth on this episode i'm talking with elvis frania about her new documentary sexual healing recently played at the slam dance film festival had a chance to check it out and it is fantastic i highly recommend it to anybody within the sound of my voice definitely check it out when it comes around you or when it comes to a streaming platform you will not regret it and i hope you enjoy this interview so can you tell me a little bit about you and how you got into filmmaking
3: Originally, I studied French, French literature in Amsterdam, in Holland. And then when I got in my, you said not graduation, but you know, when you do the thesis, you get your, I don't know, at school. Somebody found me, Was it was a documentary filmmaker, and he said, okay, I called several people and I, they said I should be with you to because you speak very well French. Is that right, see you? Are you have you something to do tomorrow? Can you come with me tomorrow? Because my interpreter... It's sick, and I really need somebody who speaks French. And it was in a very a great project, only for one day. I, I tuned in a cafe Chantin, oh, so it's a very lovely cafe in, in Belgium, where lovely um, characters come, and I had the chance to be there for one day, and I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. And I thought, well, that's a wonderful experience, and I said, thank you, and maybe we meet again, I don't know. But then after two weeks, she phoned me, and he said, I really liked working with you. Do you want to be my assistant? I was like, huh? wow, that's cool. So that's how I started. starting with one day and then the director liked it. And he asked me to be his the director for his film. I learned by doing. I, I learned a lot from him. I learned a lot by being there with the crew, uh, doing the interviews because I spoke French and he didn't. Doing the interviews with the characters, getting uh, yeah, the scenes. But that was the starting point. And then I got to another documentary movie which he didn't make it but we had some footage the uh, shooting days which was very very lovely also because it was French they asked me and then I came at a cross point like okay will I continue this way like you know be, being asked and maybe somebody hears from me and then or will I really go for study and I was I turned thing I think 20 26, 26 28 not 26 27 I didn't dare to continue, even if I already could have done two projects. And I, I will. I'm always saying it, kind of honest. Like I, I was a bit anxious to continue, so I took the more safer way to do some film studies. So I did um after my French literature. I did another study of film in in the Netherlands, and I really enjoyed it. I learned a lot. So, <laughs> but that's my my journey. How I came into documentary. Is this your first
1: feature feature length
3: documentary? It's my fourth documentary, and my my third that is uh, so long, like if a fifty five or fifty plus. Yeah, so it's my uh, third. How do you choose your subjects for your films? Mostly, I start with a subject that I like, or that strikes me, or amazes me, or triggers me in a way, like for sexual healing. In fact, it's thanks to my sister. She's seven years older than me. She's a nurse. And she's working with people who have become disabled, for example, through an accident. And she advises them on their sexual needs, which are mostly still the same, but their body has changed and it can cause a lot of frustration or sadness or struggle. And she advised these people. And I had, I think three years ago, again, a talk about this. And then it suddenly came to my mind like, whoa, but this is a huge important subject that should be make a film about. It. And I was kind of amazed that it didn't already exist. It's not, not in Holland and not a documentary about it, mostly fiction films. But then I started off with research and my first idea was to make a documentary about sex care on the one hand and their clients on the other hand and more like kaleidoscope. So you have four or five different characters. But then along my journey for the research, I met Evelyn. And her story story is so powerful, so vulnerable, so courageous that I thought, well, I will not do a kaleidoscope thing. I will really do a portrait film of Evelyn. And throughout her journey, of course, we meet other people, but it's about Evelyn. So it started off with, like I said, with a curiosity for subjects. And then I'm going to search for people. I talk a lot with people. I do research, I think, for, I don't know, half a year, eight months or something. And then I write a research, a film plan, I hope to get funding, and then I continue. And then finally, you hope to get funding to make it, to realize it. And, well, gladly, it happened for this film.
1: Evelyn, <laughs> she is amazing. She's so fascinating. And I mean, how did you even meet her?
3: Research for several people, like sex, people that give sex care and clients. And then I met this character, Brigitte, She's also in the film, oh. And Brigitte happens to be the caregiver of Evelyn. Well, you also you have seen that in a film. So she's for daily care. But besides that, she has she says, I have a very big heart, and there are some people that fit in, and I find it very important to give sex care to some men that don't know how else they can achieve it. So she's a sex carer. And also through that, and of course she's very open about Sexuality, empty. she already had a lot of talks with Evelyn, like chatting like fifteen-year-old girls, you know. A thing also that Evelyn made when she was thinking, imagine her taking a shower and Brigitte is helping her, and they were like chit-chatting about sexuality or about good looking man or that kind of stuff. So thanks to Brigitte, the door to curiosity for Evelyn, opened a tiny, tiny, tiny bit, you know, like just, and then Brigitte said to me, you should really meet Evelyn and talk to her, just have an encounter with Evelyn. And that happened in January 2019. And it was very great, lovely, and also already a disarming encounter with Evelyn. She was very open to me. And in fact, right from the start, and was very much astonished too by it, she put her trust in me. And she said, if I, wa- if I go on this journey, I want to make it with you. And yeah, so she kind of expressed her trust uh, to me right from the start, which is very amazing thing because trust also has to build, of course. And it did during the process. Yeah,
1: and it's such a sensitive area as well. I mean, not everybody is comfortable talking about their sexuality and their sexual needs or much less being naked on film. I mean, it's just amazing the trust that she put into you.
3: I, I don't know if she gave it easily. It's true that from the start, she she, she trusted me. And of course, it also has to build up. Uh, and also sometimes during the process, of course, there was anxiety. There was sometimes maybe frustration or not. Like, it's of, of course, it's completely logic that anxiety also comes around. And she's doubting if she wants to continue. And we also have space for that. You know, we, we took the time to let it be and and I talked a lot with her and when it comes to showing her naked or taking the shower or being in the bathroom of course which is very vulnerable and I I love this thing she proposed it herself several things that made her at ease and it's not very maybe not a real positive reason but it's an important one for her she says to me you know but throughout my life I've always been watched touched by so many people, so in a way, it's not it's not a big deal for me that people see me naked. And of course, in this film, it's different because it's another gaze. I try to do very deep. In a loving way, like the camera stroking her body, and it's totally different, of course, from functional touch, mm. which she also elaborates on that in the beginning of the film. I'm grateful to the camera and how he in both how he handled it and how he was personal with Aveline and how she felt comfortable with the camera. So, I think also it's so important that crew that she felt at ease with us three, like sound, camera, and and me. So, I think these are the two most important reasons why she was so at ease and natural before the camera and not, of course, she was vulnerable, but she was not in a way not shy or something, or she wasn't blushing like, Oh, what am I doing now? She felt comfortable at ease. And maybe I also think she, she knew how we looked at her and i think it's the first time that she felt that somebody was really watching in a good way you know what i mean
1: non-judgmental
3: mm-hmm. uh-huh. how many people were in your crew on set it's three so a sound recordist it's a woman and then camera and me and of course the crew was larger when it comes to editing sound design um one who's composing the music data handling <laughs>
1: You said that you met her in January of 2019, and I'm curious how long you shot for.
3: Well, we met her in February 2019, but I only got the funding in I think August 2020, and then I started off in September 2020, and of course, COVID came. But in fact, but the film it it didn't affect the film that much. We could work around. I right? with a mask. We were a tiny crew. As long as Evelyn was okay and Brigitte, we shot also a lot with Brigitte, her caregiver. It was fine, uh, so we started September two thousand twenty, and I my last shooting day was November two thousand twenty one, and I was in the editing already, and it picture looks I think January twenty twenty.
1: I love the sequence, the the masturbation sequence, where it kind of becomes almost like a dream, and you've got all the music and the the way that you're handling the visuals there is fantastic.
3: Yeah, I love this scene too. And what I very much liked is it was her idea. It came from her. So a lot of time people ask me, and I think it's a very logic question or natural question, like, did you ever felt uncomfortable or did you feel that it's of like, not immoral, but did, did you cross the line or something? I said, no, never. I never had that. And I think also because in a way she was in the lead of what, of course, she was in the lead of what she wanted to film, but also in proposing some scenes. And of course, sometimes I said, "What a good idea!" And I thought. But also the one, the little one, but also very vulnerable. I liked also when she is lying on the bed and imagining, um, imagine that you that she's watching for the very first time in her life. She's seeing her vagina for the very first time, and we can film it. You know, it's 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 crazy in a way. It's um. Now, crazy is not a good word. It's uh, mind-blowing, I think, that she led us to. But I also think it's important that it's it's told, that it's, you know, it's it's so normal, but it's because we never talk about it. People are afraid of having a talk about it with disabled people or with elderly people. And it should be so more in conversation because it's so important. I'm so curious,
1: what has been the reaction to the film so far? Where have you shown it, and what's been that reaction?
3: I premiered at Movies That Matter in Holland, and uh, well, it, was, it was wonderful, and especially for Eveline. You know, there was a standing ovation. She was like the queen of the day. She was, well, she couldn't smile more, you know? It was like, Argh! There were odds and odds, and, and uh, um, everybody was yeah in awe and astonished and amazed. Touched to crying or laughing. <laughs> so that was great. And also at Hot Dogs, it was very well received. I got some very good reviews too. It won the audience award at Hot Dogs, so that's I was very glad with it that it did. And also now I at slam dance and I get so lovely reactions from the audience. And like literally quotes You make me la- the film made me laugh and cry multiple times and sometimes simultaneously, you know? And, or they say this film is going to stay with me for the couple of weeks or maybe even more, or they relate to the subject like I have a sister or brother or brother-in-law or mother and I recognize so much and it gets under my skin or the film is also about me even if I'm not disabled. And I'm very glad when people say that, like especially the last sentence, like the film is also referring to me or I get touched by it personally because sometimes I deal with this or that. And then I think, the film really did what i wanted the film to do like it's to be universal you know to go beyond evelyn and that people can experience uh or be be very honest about their own intimacy through the story of evelyn and what the reaction i i get i i feel and see that it works like that which is great
1: <laughs> well you should be very proud of it I, I think it's a fantastic film i i was just absolutely riveted and such a healthy attitude to look at sexuality in this way thank you very much mike where is the film playing next do you have some more dates in mind
3: i hope it will be picked up from some festivals in america because i think there's really an audience out there so let's hope that slam dance will pay way to it Uh i will hang next to italy some festival and greece too and i'm hoping to be at CPH Docs in Denmark, but I'm not sure because they always want premieres and same for, you know, dock for Sheffield. I think the film would do very well there, but of course, I'm not on the cover of this
1: <laughs> Was there a good place online for people to keep up with it and see if it's playing in their area?
3: The film has its own Instagram. It's actually underscore underscore documentary and I'm updating it about where is it played and where is it's selected or screened, yeah. And now in America, I very often get the question, "Oh, where can I see it? Is it already somewhere online? Does uh, HBO and Netflix already have it? I don't know. Some leads to it, please tell me."
1: <laughs> Elspeth, thank you so much for your time. It was a great talking with you.
3: I like it, Mike. Thank you.
0: I'm not afraid of